This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio, Sal Capaccio, on WGR. Well, I'm not sure this is going out on a limb, but tomorrow is the last day of February. Last week was school break, at which time many Lucky Duck families, including perhaps our friend Mr. Capaccio, took the opportunity to get to Florida or some warm place I feel like, Sal, everybody here right now is having the same conversation. What are we doing here? We're looking out the window, <laughs> and it's like heavy snow, and we've got a little weather update, like a low of 14. This is that day or, or week yeah. where we're, we're seeing March, and we're starting to question our lives. Yeah, I did. I got out of town last week, went to Florida, went to that Sabres lightning game. It was awesome. We went to Legoland. We love going there, and then came back. I was not expecting this today. I, I just went and got Max and picked him up from his after-school uh, program. And I'm like, where is this coming from? This wet snow, it's so heavy. And then the visibility was a little tough driving home. It was pretty crazy. And I'm, I'm thinking the same thing. Like, I'm thinking, what is going on? We, can we just, you know, the way my mind works, though, just get through February and then March starts to turn. It's not always the case, though, right? We could be getting a March, the end of March could oh, look like this for all we know. Absolutely. Yeah, I was away last week in Virginia, and there was that ice storm. So oh, my yeah. car, I didn't have my car last week. My car sat in the driveway for like six days. Mm-hmm. And today I get in it, and there's ice on the front windshield. There's ice on the back windshield. There's ice all around the car. And you know, I sit in it for a minute. Like, is this going to be one where I have to get out and scrape it? There's there's three three different ways. Like, sometimes you have to scrape it, and it's really hard. It doesn't, comes off, doesn't come off. Sometimes it's more normal. And then there's times like today where it all came off in like huge pieces, the way the ice had melted or whatever situated. It was just actually fun to do that, but that was a long time ago. Now I'm looking out there like I don't want to go out there. Well, it's uh, it's what we've got. Sal Capaccio on the West Her Hotline. The Combine is this week. 
Brandon Bean speaks from Indianapolis, if, I, if my facts are right here, tomorrow morning. What do you mm-hmm. think we might get out of Bean tomorrow? Like, what's an area, if you're there and you have a chance to ask him questions, where do you think you might get somewhere? Yeah, I think the biggest questions that will be asked will really focus on the pending free agents. Um, now, I know that the Combine is more about the draft and the prospects, but this is the first chance uh, reporters will have to speak with Brandon Bean about um, – you know, the season, the the state of the Bills, if you want to put it that way, where they are right now since the end of last season, since he talked a little bit about that stuff. And I think that's where the focus is. Uh, it's not really going to be about the draft per se. Sure, there's going to be some stuff about prospects, what they want to add. But, you know, that stuff, you really get into the weeds more after free agency as you get closer to the draft. We still have two full months for that. In fact, I think it's two months from yesterday is when the uh, first night of the draft is, if I'm right. Okay. But um, it's right around there. It's this week, basically, two months from now. Um, but I think that's where it is. It's free agency. It's Tremaine Edmonds and Jordan Boyer and Devin Singletary, Roger Saffold, those other guys. But it's that's really where the focus is of how they're going to be able to manage maybe trying to resign any of these players. And on top of that, still being right now about close to $20 million over the cap, between 15 and $20 million over the cap. There's got to be moves coming even before then. So that's going to be a focus of how do they do that. And we've seen some teams make some announcements about players. Uh, Washington yeah. today with Wentz. Tennessee released a few players the other day. Taylor Lewan, I believe. So some of that is happening here. Um, and, you know, maybe there will be some, some news tomorrow. Poyer's interesting, right? Like Poyer is kind of in the news for talking about state taxes and weather you know, like to see the sun yeah. once in a while i don't know does, does you put any meaning into that like do you feel like he's gone or maybe you felt like that already well i do put some meaning into it i think he's dropping clues and i think that i i've been hearing for a while that miami and the dolphins would be very interested and you know they live down there in the off season uh him and his wife and he's saying these kinds of things i know his brother tweeted something maybe several weeks ago about how I'm going to have to learn to like fan bases I've always hated or something like that, which kind of gets you more there. Um, You know, he didn't rule out coming back to the bills, but when you say, and you ask, was I already there about any, about, you know, him being gone. I I think you go back to training camp and how nothing really materialized. And it felt like Jordan kind of really wanted something to happen, but the bills, nothing really happened on their end. Um, All of that talk, there was Drew Rosenhaus was at camp. Nothing ever materialized. I felt pretty much all year that it was heading towards he's going to be a free agent, and unless maybe they can work out a one-year deal for him to come back, uh, I think he's probably going to be playing somewhere else in 2023. And your overview on Edmonds here at Sal, I know we've talked about him a lot, but uh, how the franchise tag is a bad play and unlikely. I I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, not franchise tag. I think that's just too much. It ties up too much money. The minute you tag him, um, you're responsible for that money on your salary cap until you in, until you work out a long term deal. I, I shouldn't say the minute you tag him, it's you know when the, when the new league year starts, that money counts on your cap. And if you haven't signed him to a long term deal, that's twenty million dollars that you don't have to use. So if you don't sign him, that's twenty million dollars you do have to use or tag him, I should say. Um, but then you also risk obviously him becoming a free agent at that time. I think this team really believes a lot in you know, their philosophy of draft, develop, retain. And this would be a player they would really feel strongly that they want to do that with. I, I, it's it's not just the team's decision, though, right? It's Tremaine Edmonds' decision. And if Tremaine Edmonds wants to test his free agent market value, if he feels, if his agent feels or knows, because these conversations, I'm sure, backdoor channels have happened in some way, shape, or form, if they know that 
there's a team out there, or a couple teams are going to bid very highly for his services, then, you know, he's earned the right to go and be a free agent and make as much money as he can if, if that's what he wants. I don't see the Bills paying top dollar on an annual basis for Tremaine Edmonds, but I think the Bills would be very interested in keeping him around. He's their middle linebacker. He's Brandon Bean's first draft, a first-round pick, along with Josh Allen. He's a Pro Bowl player. He has definitely some parts of his game where people would like to criticize, and rightfully so. He's also been a very good player. He's a good linebacker. He's a very, very good player in this league. I think they'd like to do that. And I think what the advantage they do have here is if they want to try and work this out, he's a young enough player where they can make it a four- or five-year contract. Heck, maybe even longer. You put a void year or two on it, and you can spread that money out to really make it very doable on the salary cap, even considering their constraints right now. Sal Capaccio on the Wester Hotline. What do you think the outlook is at offensive line? You've got the combine here this week for rookies. I have not thought about draft-wise how boards will look, you know, center guard tackle yeah. too much, free agency too, and also the players they have. I know a lot of their depth is probably going away or at least is headed for free agency at this point. What do you think a couple of key strategies might be? Yeah, I'm really interested to see if there's some sort of wholesale change on how they approach it. Do they want to get you know, bigger and have a uh, an offensive line that's more physical or they feel that can protect Josh Allen better? I think, you know, things that Sean McDermott said towards the end of the year kind of indicated that. You know, he's always talked about winning in the trenches, though. You know, that's the way, you know, Sean talks and, you know, believes about football. Um, but, you know, you, you look at the way that the Eagles won this year protecting Jalen Hurts and being able to run the ball the way they ran the ball. And then you get to the playoff game uh, on the AFC side and how Mahomes, he was protected in the Super Bowl. Like, these are important things to the Bills. And sometimes Josh Allen, I go back to what Brandon Bean said, he took too many hits. And that's not just when, when, when Brandon Bean says Josh Allen took too many hits, I don't think he means just because he's running the football. I think he means because that they didn't protect him well enough. So I'm interested to see. I think it will be a priority for them this offseason. How does that look? Um, well, they do have guys that are headed for free agency. Roger Saffold, David Questenberry, Ike Butker, Greg Van Roten, and Bobby Hart. All very important backups. I'm not too worried about that, you know, about, like, we're going to lose all these guys because, honestly, Mike, they can probably get a lot of these guys back on minimum deals, and if it's not them, it's a guy like them on right. a minimum deal. Right. It's, it's, yeah, so it's, it's really the same thing. I think where you have to look is, what does it look like at right tackle with Spencer Brown? Now, he's had his struggles. He's been up and down. But I got the feeling, listening to Brandon Bean at the end of the season, that they still very, very much believe in him. Now, it could be just saying these things, but he said you know, he, he had a very challenging year from the beginning. He was coming off back surgery. He never got fully back. They really believe in his upside, what he can do. And he spoke, spoke very glowingly about going ahead with him and his future. So I think that's really interesting. And then you look inside. I don't think Ryan Bates had a horrible year. Could he have been better? Sure, I think that could that could be said at times. They also paid him some pretty good money to match that offer the Bears gave him a couple years ago. So it's not like you can just move on from him right away. They have some challenges if they want to do that. I don't think I, I think part of it also is just people have to play better. I don't think Deion Dawkins had a great year at left tackle. He's gonna have to have a better year. And I do think Mitch Morris had a good year, but you always wonder about where and what he's thinking about his concussion situation. He's making a pretty good number. You know, do they want to look at him to you know, restructure the contract, an extension he just signed not too long ago or anything like that. But I do think it's an area they're going to make some changes and think about how they want to approach it. So are you at a point where you have, like, a favorite rookie wide receiver for them? Ooh, favorite. 
Not just not uh. just a favorite in the class, or maybe somebody you might predict to be the first one picked or something like that, but also like it's early. It's it's almost too early to have this be a factor. But you know, a guy that you would think is available to the Bills at twenty seven. Of course, they could also always move around. Yeah. I I think Jalen Hyatt fits this. I think Jordan Addison fits this. Probably Jackson Smith, uh in, is it in, in Jigba? Jigba? I think it's how you, mm-hmm. yeah, in Jigba is how you say his name. I always want to make sure I say it right. Um it's interesting. This is considered a, a pretty decent wide receiver class, but it's not like if you remember like even the last couple of years where guys flew off the board pretty quickly, I think. And especially a couple of years ago, you had all those guys go really early. Um, you know, in like Jamar Chase. There's no Jamar Chase here and but then you had Justin Jefferson who went, you know, fairly late. Um it's not like that necessarily. I think some of these guys, most teams are going to be taking other positions. So I do think that you're going to have guys down in that area who might still be around. Is a Jalen Hyatt still around? Maybe. I mean, that's a guy I think that he's a little bit taller. He's very fast. Probably checks all the boxes of a kind of a guy that you want. Jordan Addison, I think, checks a lot of those boxes. He's fast. He's also a little tall. He's six foot. I guess he's not super tall, but um, they're not super small either. Um, but I think those are the kinds of guys that, I would like to see on this team, and then you know Smith and Jigba as well. Do you think they'll specifically prioritize somebody that has been a slot receiver uh, primarily? And I know, and I ask you this sort of a little bit nervously because I know how much there is there is that's unknown, you know, in, in terms of a guy's college career. Who else is on the team, for example, as it pertains to Smith and Jigba? That guy. I mean, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave have both talked him up as like he was better than we were, and then right. this year he basically didn't play. Like he was injured, so he didn't get to see how they might use him differently. Jefferson, Ceedee Lamb are sort of like in in different ways. You don't want to assume. You don't want to think you know too much about whether they can make adjustments to the slot or to outside. I, I just think you know Davis has taken somewhat of a beating cell. I bet the yeah. Bills are okay lining him up, starting it outside, going into. 23 like he wasn't really consistent or great but i would i do not expect him to be moved or anything not at all in fact i'll take it a step further i think the bills i think he figures even still in their long-term plans i I think the bills like him a lot from everything i've heard about the way they feel about him in the organization did he have a couple struggles last year at times sure and people talk about the drops he also runs deeper routes than anybody on the team And, and i'm not telling you that there had there weren't drops but I also think it makes it tougher given the situation that, you know, he's, you know, kind of in that spot where they're asking him to make bigger plays as well down the field sometimes. I I don't really think that they're comfortable with him lining him back up the way he was in 2023. I think that they'd like to have him around a little bit longer and kind of have some cost certainty. Maybe even extension could be in order like they did Dawson Knox. They they extended Dawson Knox last uh, before the season started. That could be something you look at. The Bills have some guys that are their contracts are up after next year they're going into their final year and that's something you do sometimes so that said um i i don't know mike if you'd like just just want a slot guy i think you can find those guys places they can return they can bring jameson crowder back for that maybe they can bring cole beasley even back for that if they want that i think the way that the league is going the way that the bills even kind of operated their offense a lot last year is you take guys who you feel comfortable can kind of move around you can move and i i said last year a lot going into the season, to view the Bills' pass catchers more as weapons 
not as guys who fit certain boxes. And I still feel that. I think they did do that quite a bit, maybe not as much as I anticipated, but I still feel they want to do that. They want to have an offense where they can create matchups based on, oh, this guy can play the slot? Yep, and look at the matchup we have. Oh, he can also play outside? Look at the matchup we have. So I think that they would probably value that over he's really just a guy that fits so well in the slot. I made the point, you know, half seriously, just after three today, starting the show, how your State of the Bills series started as usual with quarterbacks. I'm like, I've been away. Did I miss something? Was there some move here? I'd I'd like you to expound on the point you made in the article about whether it's time for someone young, like a draft pick, basically, uh, would probably be this idea. Like, or Case Keenum, I guess, you know, what are the questions? Uh, What does Keenum want? Like, what's available to him? And then if you're the Bills, that idea, having him back versus someone new. It's really interesting because it's easy to say the Bills should, you know, draft a young guy and groom him behind Josh and have him on a rookie deal to be the backup. I get that. I understand. I'm not even opposed to it. They did draft Jake Fromm a couple years ago. We know that. And they had a high grade on him. Maybe there was rumblings that maybe they're trying to keep him away from the Patriots because they liked him, whatever. But either way, they had a high grade and he fell to them. But generally, the Bills have operated since they've been in this contention window. And that is really, you know, halfway through Josh's rookie years when this started, they've always had veteran backups to come in. After they got rid of Nathan Peterman, it's been Derek Anderson, Matt Barkley, Mitch Trubisky, Case Keenum. Yeah, Davis Webb on the team, right? They they have wanted to make sure that if something happened to Josh Allen, they have a very capable veteran backup to come in who can win games. They don't want to be in the experiment um, business here with a rookie to bring him in. Now, that said, if you want to make the case for a rookie and to have him on a rookie deal and develop him, that's fine. But remember, if you draft him, you almost have to keep him on the roster. You could waive him. And put him on the practice squad, but you have to waive him that. And then you might have drafted a guy, and he goes off and plays somewhere else, and you lose him to waivers. So it's kind of a game you have to play. So the the point I make in the article that you reference is, I don't think the Bills are really interested in doing that, at least for another year. Josh Allen's six-year contract kicks in this year. <laughs> He's 27. They, they, they're set at quarterback. We know that. They're not looking for a replacement even four years from now. If you ask me when, you know, Josh Allen's not going to be the quarterback of the Bills based on age or play, it's not going to be four years from now. So drafting a guy and having on a rookie year for four rookie deal for four years, how much does that really get you? All it might really get you is having an asset down the road, which is perfectly fine to have. But you're going to have to develop them and keep them on your roster, otherwise you're just going to lose them anyway. Makes a lot of sense. <laughs> develop them how? <laughs> right. Right, of, exactly. Ha- a couple of halves in the preseason and practices and who's going to know anything? I mean, there's certainly a path for a player like that on a team with a entrenched starter. You know, the the way that comes to mind is like, well, Allen is a veteran now, but I agree. Like, that doesn't mean that I don't have to. I, and I wouldn't prefer somebody that started before that's had some success. You know, rookies are fun though. Do you, do I, you, I I want to if I can bring up the point on Keenum and like you said, right, which is. Like, what is he looking for? I don't know. I don't think the Bills are interested in paying him a lot of money. You know, you you want to get him back for as cheap as possible. But whether it's Case Keenum or another guy like him, it will be a guy like him. It might just be the physical traits. Maybe you're looking for someone with a stronger arm or something like that. But you look at the, the free agents, it's either going to be a guy like Case Keenum. We've heard, you know, Joe talks about a guy like Sam Darnold, which I understand, Jacoby Brissett. 
what are you really looking at here? It's really the same kind of guy no matter what. But good point earlier about you know when we were talking about wide receivers, um, how many teams above the Bills in the first round like will will want one no matter like right. who the class is and in this upcoming break I'm going to go through and I'll be able to not not look up necessarily in every case but a lot of these teams like in the middle of the first round picked one last year or in the top yeah. two rounds I mean Green Bay and Pittsburgh did that when was the Bills who was the Bills last first round receiver Evans This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sounds right. I'm trying to think about it. I think it would have to be Lee Evans, yeah. Of course, Brandon B. No, 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 Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins, of course, of course. Brandon B would yeah. say, no, it's Diggs, but yeah. Yeah, that's what he said, right. Watkins. That's right. I They're, skipped over the, Watkins. I'm sitting here right. thinking about it. I thought of Johnson, but of course he was not a, a first-round pick. Right. And um, we know how these guys they have now have been so good, but nobody was picked, you know, what, top three rounds or whatever it is. So, well, it um, wasn't Perry Tuttle. wasn't Perry Tuttle. It was Sammy Watkins. It's, it's a, that's a bad <laughs> Same job. Same school, though. Yes, Bad job by me, skipping past Sammy Watkins. <laughs> All right, any questions for me? You went away recently as well, right? Did you go away? Where'd you go? My son and I went to Northern Virginia for the Premier Lacrosse League Championship Lacrosse. Series. Nine games in five days. Really impressive uh, event. Marketing. Awesome. It, was, it was It was good. It was really good. He got to meet guys and he got to play. I mean, there was activities and just it, it thought of everything. So wait, was it a tournament? Was he in? Was he actually like on a team playing, or was he going to watch? But there were activities for him to play. The latter. It's the pros. Okay, got you. Um, they it's a summer league, but they have this one off. It's the first year of it. This off season tournament for four of the eight teams. You know some okay. some crossover with indoor lacrosse, but it didn't seem like much of it. Like Dane Smith and Josh Byrne on the Bandits play in the PLL, but their teams were not represented this week, so we didn't see them. Um, and that league was still doing its thing this weekend anyway. But uh, just a really, like, you can tell, this this is a league that paid attention, Sal. Like, you know, yeah. pe- people at sporting events, they want to move around. They want to go to the bar. You know, their kids might want to, and the Sabres do some of this, for example. Like, they, they might want to shoot and get their shot speed recorded or play against each other with mini sticks, things like that. This tournament had all that. 
And so um, I was really impressed. I didn't really know a lot about the whole thing going in, but I came away really impressed. There was a Sports Center top 10 with one of the plays from that league, I remember, uh, just the other day. And the guy caught it, and his back was turned to the goal, and he just yes. shot it back. And he didn't even look. He just shot it and scored. Handful scored. of behind the back goals in this thing. Yeah, yes. There you go. Thanks, Sal. You got it. Sal Capaccio with us. Coverage of the NFL Combine on WGR brought to you by Outlet Liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case. What's your outlet? Wide receiver in round one. Different ideas. Combine is this week. Draft is two months. Also here for a thought or two on the Sabres as well. Lines are open 803-0550. I talked earlier and with our guest at the time, Chad Didiminisis, about the deadline. NHL trade deadline is Friday afternoon at 3 this week. Maybe we'll talk. Lines open for you, as I said. Bulldog is off this week. This is Mike Shope on WGR. Middle stat in behind the net. Watched by Gustafson in front. Cousins scores! Hat-trick Dylan Cousins! Throw him out! Throw him out! 7-4 Buffalo is the workhorse from Whitehorse. Gets it done with his first career hat-trick. And you have a handful, a good number of games this year that have been really fun, like the Sabres are back kind of games. Unfortunately, there'd be more of them if their road games were also played here. Well, that's a dumb thing to say, but they've had so they've had a better record on the road. Like they've had more impressive wins on the road. Still, like this game yesterday would would be another that's just got everything. And it starts with one thing, you have to have this. I think. Like last year you had a couple of nights that were interesting and and fun, but they weren't meaningful. You have to have it be meaningful. For me, maybe not for you, but for me it has to be. I can't just, you know, <laughs> this is a funny word for this, but accept <laughs> any old game where there's 11 goals and a hat trick and we win. Just like, okay, that's fine. But they, they have delivered the Sabres this year in making these games meaningful entering March, and that is progress. We know this, and you don't need me to tell you. There have been years of, there was a a saying even for a while, wasn't it a Jason Botterill line, meaningful games in March that we railed on because, like, who even tries for that? Okay, sure, I get it. Like, you're not not there yet. But who even aspires to that? In the NHL, who's not playing meaningful games in March? If you're not playing meaningful games... In March, fold. <laughs> if, if years go by without a single game in March having any importance, fold. I mean, just quit. But, you know, that didn't happen. They were this team, and now they are this year playing meaningful games in March. Tomorrow night's game is meaningful. It's not in March. Columbus is here 7.30. Oh, who, who's responsible for that? 7.30. Look outside. Are you kidding? This is that day. Is there this day every year where you sort of get lulled into we're at, we're we're almost to spring like for me a big one is that in the morning when my kids go out to get the bus before seven o'clock in the morning it's finally light out last week we didn't go out there no school last week come back and like by six thirty today we're all getting they're they're getting ready and I'm pretending to be helping them I'm just sort of standing there making coffee. And it's light out. Like, that's that's a big step. 
But then you get, like, I didn't really think about today's weather like this either. It is just awful. Oh. My wife, my daughter has a hockey banquet, and she's, like, texting the group. They're gonna, it's going to take them twice as long, it seems, to get to it. And that's going to be other people, too. Like, this is just a bad day. This is that day. You just got back from Florida, many of you. You just took your vacation, and you got back, and you're all... Me too. I'm not lying. I'm one of you in this one. I was not in Florida, but I was out of here last week. There was an ice storm, and we're all sort of like, try not to say it too obviously, but like, woof, we're down. It's We're on the beach, and, and it, Thursday in Washington, D.C. was 80 degrees. I'm on one of those tour buses riding around D.C. perfection, 80 and sunny. Oh, there's an ice storm. I texted, My son said it, and I texted my wife not to gloat, but just to report in. That's my story. It feels like Hawaii here. Sorry to say it, but it feels like Hawaii here today. And she said, sorry to say it, but our garage door is frozen shut. But you know, yeah, I feel bad. I'm not there to dig them out, but this is okay. Feeling feeling like Hawaii is okay. So it's the, it's the crossover into spring, March. We flip our calendars, and then you get this weather. Gross. Just gross. I heard about this uh, this brawl yesterday at the at the Boulevard Mall. So I also missed that. I was also not here for that. But I I didn't know it was at the Boulevard Mall. The first thing I heard about this brawl this is just going to be a short a short one was that it was at the Wegmans near here. But there were there was fighting in the parking lot at the Alberta Drive Wegmans. And when I saw that, I thought of how, like, pretty much the only, there's been two times in my life where I was in a parking lot, you know, because of the driving. It's a crowded parking lot. Not because of, like, where I was in an argument in the store about groceries or something and it spilled outside. This was, like, you know, driving stuff. Twice, maybe ever... I've been, like, confronted, physically confronted by somebody out of the car that didn't like how I was driving in the parking lot. And it was both times was there. There's something about, maybe not, I mean, small sample, is there something about that park? This probably does not apply to yesterday's incident, but when I saw that there there was fighting at the Alberta Drive Wegmans parking lot, I'm like, oh, I get it. There have been two times in my life when I was confronted by an I was right both times by confronted by this angry other driver who like you know came up to my car and like I got to get out of here this is you know sorry whatever and and nothing happened but like oh I bet I I can relate I bet it was something you know not really but something that oh I don't know like you you thought I was you didn't know I was pulling out or whatever it was it's just funny that that ha- that happened well it's not funny it's a brawl it's not funny. But to me, it was, oh, yeah, that parking lot. I bet I, I, I sort of feel like I understand it. I sort of feel like I understand this brawl because it was at the Alberta Drive Wegmans parking lot, which I guess is a, it's a tough one. There's something about it. It draws uh, these sort of angry people. You know, just, okay, I'm sorry you're angry. Bye. I got to go. Try that next time. Aaron Rodgers. So I was reading maybe Albert Breer today about Aaron Rodgers, 
how the Packers, and we know this generally at least, have a tough situation here. He signed that contract last year. Think to yourself, it's a lot of money. Hint, it's a lot of money. Think to yourself, how much is he guaranteed? Not his cap number, not one of these nine-figure dead cap numbers. How much money this year is Aaron Rodgers guaranteed to make? How about $59.52 million? That's his guaranteed money this year, I read. $59.5 million. So that makes moving a player just all the more challenging, even when it is Aaron Rodgers. Now, there are reasons to not want to acquire Aaron Rodgers. You know, you can sort of pare down the rest of the NFL. How many teams wouldn't be in the market for a quarterback? A lot. Like, there's most teams, If I think maybe most teams wouldn't even, like the Bills, wouldn't even consider it. So you have that. There are teams, Green Bay, I mean, he's under contract, there are teams Green Bay would not want to deal with, like maybe Detroit or Chicago. I mean, teams like that are their rivals. So there are certain teams where it's sort of a non-starter. And then the other team, whoever it is, has to be able to make this massive cap number work. He's really, it's really a tricky one. Like it's not, and he's impossible to cut with a number like that, 59 plus million dollars guaranteed. You just, it's almost impossible to cut him. You're just like, the the, the number's too outrageous. I, I read in this article that there's a better trade, more likely to be a better trade available to the Packers after June 1st. But which team that might want to turn to Aaron Rodgers would want to wait until after June 1st? Like, these teams want to have, they want to get these guys signed and have the press conference and get them into the offseason program, whoever it might be for Derek Carr. There might be, I don't know how many, five teams that would want Derek Carr, right? How many How many could there be? Jets, Carolina, Saints. Who else did we think of uh, when we did that draft, Zach? Jets, Carolina, New Orleans, maybe Washington. Washington probably could be part of that now. Maybe Washington, maybe even the Giants, like you kind of read that that maybe there's a scenario where Daniel Jones prices himself out and the Giants are like, all right, well, depending on who the guy is and whether they like him. So anyway, Carr has options. But Rodgers, I mean, Rodgers, and then he's in this darkness retreat business where you don't even know really necessarily, like maybe you can find out, but who you're dealing with, what you're dealing with when it comes to Rodgers. He's 39. Like, does where's his head? Does he want to play and... What would this be like? So I just feel like what that all adds up to is some possibility he remains the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. That's my advice to you is do not assume that Rodgers is on a new team because it's going to be hard for them to move him, probably, especially if he's all weird. Like if the Jets want Rodgers and he's out there campaigning himself, you know, the Packers would let him visit or whatever it is, like sort of a a regular guy would do, like Carr is doing. Carr's released. But anyway, just sort of more available maybe or more open, just whatever it is, then um, maybe that changes. But (laughs) this is a strange one. And no matter, I think, is this right? No matter how good Jordan Love looks in practice or what they think his potential is, if Rodgers is there, he's going to play. And that just, 
was true before and would be true now. So $59.5 million guaranteed. If you missed Jeremy Kahn last hour from Baltimore Radio talking about what's happening with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, recommend that. You can find find that, anything we've already done uh, today or another day on the Odyssey app. Jeremy was on today around 4.30 if you want to look for the timestamp. And we talked about Jackson, and he's another guy who thinks a trade is a very real possibility. I keep hearing people say that and have to sort of get comfortable with that every time I hear it because I just I'm in shock that that situation has come to that, but uh, apparently it has. Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, maybe Lamar Jackson. It's one more thing that might make this week interesting. There's a lot already that will, like the combine and terms of the NHL, the trade deadline, but you could see some of these, uh, they call them dominoes to fall. Like You could see some of that start to happen uh, at, at any time. The report on Carr today was that he wants to take his time, but that's probably from the player to try to push for more interest. And you have in the same article, oh, well, the Jets have other options too, including Ryan Tannehill. So both teams play in the me- both sides, the player through the agent perhaps, and then the team playing the game with the media, um, making it seem like you know we we really don't need each other. We're just gonna we're just gonna be over here. Dan Leberfeld, who covers the Jets, will join me in about twenty minutes, and will get his uh, views on whether Carr and the Jets is a good fit, whether it's likely to happen. Eight oh three oh five fifty for your calls. This is Mike Shope. Bulldog is off this week. You're listening to WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back, everyone. Mike Shope here, Bulldog off this week. Ugh, the weather. It is very slow on the roads. And um, if you're out there, you know that. And if you don't, just please know that because it is bad out. Just what we were hoping for today. (laughs) As we cross from February break, coming up on March is uh, impassable traffic conditions. Great. 
Sorry. Sal and I were talking uh, before about wide receivers in round one. This is going to be a big one for the next two months. Whether it's a good idea relative to other positions, where is the board strong and weak? Um, and then when it comes to like receivers for one position, which one? What's possible? This is going to be very much like last year. Sal made a good point that maybe a reason why it won't is how many teams will be prioritizing a receiver. But that is going to be tough to predict. I mean, if if a team has a glaring need somewhere else and they have, you know, like the Jets, some team that is kind of really good, young too, at receiver, then it's obvious. But I'm not sure that teams that even as recently as last year used a premium pick on a wide receiver wouldn't wouldn't do it again. Um, Tennessee, for one, is at 11. They drafted Traylon Burks in the first round last year, but like their skill positions, like it's Derrick Henry who's old and it's Traylon Burks. So, I mean, Robert Woods was even cut there, I think. Like, there's no good reason why they shouldn't consider another guy. And that there are plenty of teams like that. Um, New England, of course, could at 14. Green Bay drafted Christian Watson in round two, but it's not like they're long at that position. Uh, Tampa, with Evans getting older. Sal didn't say, don't get me wrong, he didn't say that there aren't any teams that will be in the market. I mean, some are going to go. And, you know, depending on who you're reading or who you're talking to, and this makes sense, there's a pretty good range in, in terms of the possible outcomes there. Brett Coleman, my guest last week, said he thinks he's got only two guys that he would feel very confident, like assuring you, are going in the first round. One is Zay Flowers, who is not on everybody's list, and the other, I think, was Addison. And you see different projections, Smith and Jigba, Ohio State. Curious that Brett would not have included him in that uh, category. Quentin Johnston of, of TCU. And then Downs and Hyatt, and I mentioned Flowers and other names. It's going to be really good. And so the combine can be just a lot of, it can be an eye roll for me. Like the different times and the the the, the weight, <laughs> how much you're benching, your, your leg press scores and everything. I mean, it's it's the minutia. But I am, I will admit, a little bit curious to see some of the times for the guys who will run and work out at the combine and just where that sort of leads us in terms of ranking the receivers. And you know, I think in terms of the Bills, just speed is uh, the number one thing. I've got a big guy. I've got a, a magician, if you will, in, in terms of digs. I need somebody to expand that offense, not be a running back. That would be nice if you weren't a running back. You could really do that. And so um, not that a guy who's running like a four four five or something like that at the combine can't be considered fast, but I think that'll be a separator as we look at what they're – what their uh, who their favorites might be, and um, then you know. So what does what do the rankings look like? You know, consensus wise, um, who might be there for them at twenty seven? Should be a really interesting year. We we've at least myself and a couple other guys here have fantasized a little bit about the Bills drafting receivers early in these recent drafts. They haven't done that, as you know, but this is a year where it seems like it's more uh, more likely. Continuing with the NFL next, Dan Leberfeld, Jets confidential. Is Derek Carr the right move if that's who they can get? Or what else might the Jets be able to do? A lot of good players. 
I think the Jets are interesting to think about for us, you know, like what do, what would the Bills what would Bills fans want? Like, of course, you'd want somebody that you wouldn't expect to have success with the Jets. Would that be Carr? Like, would most Bills fans be like, fine, good, if they end up on on Derek Carr? Could get worse, but maybe it could get better. It's a close one. We'll talk to Dan after sports. This is Mike Shope on WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.